it's uh, it's one of my favourites on the album, actually. Uh, no, what am I talking about? It's not. It's not. It's not. <laughs> Hello. Hello. You're listening to Track by Track with me, Dan. And me, Will. This is the podcast where we take a great pop music album and break it down track by track. It's a one-way ticket to a madman situation. And on the turntable this week, we've got One Touch by Sugar Babes. (laughs) This is a debut album uh, week this week from the Sugar Babes. So we are going to be going right back to the beginning, to the original uh, formation, uh, the original lineup. Uh, and some lovely original songs. And should point out as well, it's the current lineup as well, isn't it? If they're actually going to do anything else apart from that garage cover from earlier this year. Well, they keep teasing us, don't they? They keep dangling something in front of us, but it's just uh, frustratingly out of reach still. Although I, th- I did read that one of them said recently that there were plans to do something this fall. Uh, they, I think they said autumn, actually. Um, but of course, because of what's going on in the world, it's been pushed back. I think we're going to be at shows, well, actually. Uh, and of course, they did have an ill-fated uh, album ready to go, uh, which we might or might not have listened to. Uh, we won't. Uh, we won't be playing any of the songs on here. What, I mean, uh, still, I think we talked about this when we did Angels with Dirty Faces a couple of years ago. But Justice for Flatline is one of the most brilliant pop songs that just fell by the wayside i'm still gutted for it because it should have been absolutely huge shouldn't it it should have been it was a quintessential sugar babe song but also a great pop song as well and dan we are here today hurtling towards christmas uh and i'm very thankful for that we need some good cheer don't we especially hopefully we'll coming towards the end of this lockdown i know we had a very frustrating november actually but it has meant we've got lots of recording done. Yeah, so don't you worry. There's lots more track by track coming through December. You could almost say too much track by track. <laughs> is, that, is, that, uh, is that even possible? Uh, no, no, of course not. And this is our last album before we move into our albums of 2020 as well. So do make sure you are subscribed to hear what we've loved this year. Yes, yeah, so this is our last normal track by track album of the year before we get into our albums. Um, and then the next lot will be in January, February, March, whenever. Sometime next year. And so the reason we're talking about One Touch today is because in three days' time, this album turns 20 years old. Ooh, another 20-year-old album. Blimey, we've had a lot recently, haven't we? 2000 really was the year of pop, wasn't it? I should really talk about uh, the Sugar Babes if you don't know who they are as well. So... Sugar, sugar girls, <laughs> <laughs> sugar hunt, sugar, sugar lumps, ba- sugar babes, British trio, uh, lovely ladies, and we're uh, on their first incarnation. So you've got Keisha, Mutia, and Siobhan. They got together uh, for the first time back in 1998, uh, and then eventually released their debut album uh, in November 2000, which is obviously, obviously, what we're here obviously, to talk about. Obviously, obviously. But they went on to have many other albums, such as Angels with Dirty Faces, Taller in More Ways, uh, Change, uh, Catfights and Spotlights, Sweet Seven. Is that all of them? That was all of them. And of course, Sweet Seven, 
didn't feature three as well. Three, three, say three. Uh, three. Let's say yes. Uh, Sweet Seven didn't feature any of this lineup on the bulk of the album, did it? I think uh, Keisha was on the first or first one or two singles, but uh, it really did go. It really was a, a revolving door thing going on. Uh, yeah, Sweet Seven. Uh, one of my favourite songs on there. Do 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 Red one. Face. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're going. We're much more uh, organic today uh, with this first album. Before the likes of Red One, uh, Xenomania, and Co got their teeth into the Sugar Babes and created some great pop. But this first album is very different. It is, and I'm going to put it out there, Will. And I've been listening to it a lot over the last week or so. This, I'm pretty sure, I can quite confidently say, this is my favourite Sugar Babes album of all time. Is yeah. Good. Good for you, Dan. Hmm. And a little bit about the album. Uh, so <laughs> was that when I was supposed to say something as well? I, I don't really. It's all a bit much today. <laughs> we've, got, <laughs> we've got to our last album of, you know, our last album proper before the albums of 2020. And it's just, uh, oh, it's been a busy year, hasn't it? Well, Dan, I won't give too much away to, to our listeners, but we have been recording earlier today and it was a very special recording actually and a very different recording for us not to detract from this episode no no and then you got this episode uh but i think we're just a little bit giddy aren't we giddy keepers so we're going to talk about one touch today debut album from uh, sugar babes was released in uh on the 27th of november in the year 2000 uh and we've got a lot to talk about some great uh singles some great album tracks uh, I'm sure some B-sides will come along along the way as well. And maybe we'll talk a little bit about Siobhan's solo career. Ooh. That's all coming up on your Tuesday Track by Track. So, should we get stuck in? Yes, let's go for it. And side one, track one, this is Overload. So that was Overload there. Dan, what a great track to kick this album off with. It is. And of course, it was their first single as well. This, I don't know about you, Will, for me, the first time I heard this one, it was instant. I just absolutely loved it. It felt, it was certainly pop, but it felt so different, so clever. And just their their voices, the instruments, the, the catchy chorus, I just fell in love with them there and then. I totally agree. It was my, it's my, uh, my, the start of my relationship with the Sugars is very similar. I loved this song. Um, and then get ready for this. Mm. Uh, so Nick Levine from Digital Spy um, said that Overload was one of the best debut singles by a British girl group. You'd have to agree. Of course, Girls Aloud and Spice Girls there, but 
Sugar Bates were a very different kind of girl group, weren't they? Well, yeah, because it was the music was a little bit more instrument based. I think they had a much bigger hand in the writing of a lot of their tracks. And um, they sort of wore their cool credentials a bit more on their sleeves. But I was just thinking about that, like Overload, Sound of the Underground and Wannabe. What are three brilliant debut singles, actually? And then of course... I know Nick, Nick singled out Overload, but they're all really strong. Yeah. And yeah, like you said as well, with, with Sugar Babes uh, and with that video, it was about the look as well. Not only the look, it was about the attitude as well. It wasn't some cheesy pop girl group. It was uh, three artists, I suppose. And this was their, their debut offering. And they wanted it to be seen as that, not just um, some sort of flash in the pan girl group thing. And it was an interesting time because this came out September 2000. So we were kind of just awaiting what was to come from All Saints and from Spice Girls with their long-awaited new releases. And then, of course, quite quickly, they sort of imploded or fizzled or whatever you want to say and then sugar waves did out. actually petered out that's probably a more track by trackable term and then sugar waves did take over as the country's biggest girl band or one certainly one of and this was a big it was a good debut hit got to number six in the uk singles chart upon release and it did very well across europe actually uh and was in top five in most major european countries and good for them actually and on songwriting duties on this one, you've got the lovely girls, but you've also got Cameron McVeigh, who we spoke about very recently on the All Saints, Saints and Sinners episode. Um, and I think you can really feel that more uh, kind of hip hop R&B influences that you you would get with All Saints, but you might not necessarily get with some of the other pop girl groups. Uh, and you've also got Paul Sim, who has worked with Amy Winehouse and Nana Cherry. A very mischievous look in your eye when you said that then like uh should we could we i think i don't honestly i don't think she's on there and she really should be on there shouldn't she well take that offline shall we yes anyway sorry uh also bastille covered this track in 2015 for a film soundtrack as well and if we're lucky should we have a listen Do you know what? I like that. As I said, I'd, I'd never heard it before. It's a nice reinterpretation of it. Of course, Bastille do love a good cover mashup kind of thing, don't they? Um, I think that's really nice. Yeah, really nice. Uh, and we've definitely got a Bastille album on the uh, long list, haven't we? We. Do you know what? I think we've had one on there for the longest time. We really should uh, whip it out. So, track two. And this one is One Foot Shall In. Too late, we can even catch a movie, it starts around eight. You're playing games, don't think I'll come when you call. Cause I'll be occupied with something else. Oh, but it won't let up, it ain't what I'm all about. Your love has got 
so that was one foot in there. Uh, a few really nice things. Again, a really nice drop beat in it. Uh, and also that guitar on the chorus. Yeah, the, the instruments in this one, they were really present in the first track and particularly that guitar solo during the middle eight. But yeah, and here you've got, it's quite grungy even the guitar in this one. And I think even though the instruments are turned up that you can separate them out a little bit more, still got really great pop sensibilities as well. But I love how the first track was really a hooky pop song. Uh, and then this is a little bit more down and dirty. Hooky like Hooky and the Boys. Yeah. Ah, and that is lovely. Um, also, you can tell that these are not just not just a flash in the pan pop group. They're not just uh, a novelty act because track two is not single two. In fact, it's not a single at all. And who's behind this one, Dan? Uh, so as well as the girls again, you have got uh, Sonia Cupid, Luke Smith and Paul Watson. Paul Watson, Will, is a cornetist or a cornetist or a cornetto. Anyway, he plays the he cornet. Does like, he does like an ice cream. He, do, he likes a bit of gelato, which we had some lovely gelato on holiday, didn't we, in Italy? Oh, absolutely delicious. What's your favourite flavour? Uh, Always pistachio for me. I just remember you just insisting to the young uh, ice cream man to, that you could get a fourth scoop on that cone. I think I was trying to make the boy in the chip shop jealous. I'm sending him a photo. <laughs> but he managed it, didn't he? He did, yeah. Very. Uh... Are you? I think you had to. You just swallowed it down very quickly. Well, it was melting. It was dripping all over my fingers. So I had to just uh, think of England and uh, take it all in one. Uh, and unfortunately, that... Geriatric coach tour that was just unloading outside of the gelato shop uh, really got an eyeful, didn't they? <laughs> I think some liked it more than others. Back to one foot uh, anyway. in. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think it's a really nice follow-on from Overload because it is just continuing to showcase very, very mature pop sound from these from this trio. And I'm sure that's going to continue as we move into the next track, which is track three. Same old story. garage <laughs> yeah that's a definite influence on this one isn't it also quite trip hoppy i thought as well i love it because it's so of this time and if i remember around the early noughties uh like the whole kind of the more commercial side of uk garage was it was very much popular wasn't it it was huge wasn't it this is like is this mystique sort of time licking on both sides mm. like my ice cream but i think in, for some acts, I'm not going to say it was, this was the case with Mystique, with some acts, it was almost a little bit uh, novelty, like a, a novelty spin on Garage. Whereas this, I think, is is very, very authentic. Oh, no, you just smoked a shit. <laughs> um, also, and I think that's made up by the effects in there, the beats. Also, the strings in this one are lovely. Mm. Yeah, it's a really good album track, Dan. <laughs> Yeah, another album track. Uh, This one on songwriting has got a really interesting name on this one. So it's the girls again. But 
amongst the other writers is Matt Rowe, or Rao, um, who worked with Richard Stannard uh, with Biffco on a lot of Spice Girls' earliest hits. And I think it's quite fascinating that he wrote those huge poppy numbers with Spice Girls. Uh, and this is something very, very different. Well, like some of the great pop music writers, uh, flexibility is the key. Yes. Good you need him. to flex your approach to suit the acts you're writing for. I should probably try and be a little bit more flexible in my, um, well, everything, actually. Uh, yoga. That was going to be my New Year's resolution for this year. So maybe I'll do it for 2020. It's because of COVID that I didn't do it, actually. So I'll, I'll do it next year. You do need to work on it. Your downward dog is more like a downward donkey. How dare you? <laughs> so track number four now. And Dan, this is what I said to you when we were down the frog and truncheon uh, that night when you were drowning your sorrows, uh, when you had a rebuttal too many from the boy at the chip shop. Just let it go. So just let it go there. Just going to put it out. It's the same writing team as the previous track. This will, right from getting the album, this was a very early favourite for me. Uh, I really like it. And it's so reminiscent of a Craig David track from around that time. Definitely. That kind of acoustic guitar thing with a bit of a, a hip hop production. Very kind of late 90s, early noughties, isn't it? It's really nice. It's just a really great... It's very cohesive, this album, isn't it, in its in its sound. And I think it really does, as a debut album should, showcases the vocal talents of the girls. Yeah, three fantastic vocalists. And I think on this song, because it is very stripped back in the production, you really do get to hear uh, their vocal talents. And also on this one, it's very, uh, it's quite an honest delivery, I think, because of the lyrics of this one. Uh, and, and as we'll see in later songs, it's not, uh, again, just not to keep referring back to it, but... This was pre-Big Pop Stars, Sugar Babes. So lyrically... Um, lyrically. And musically, it's it's uh, honest. It's um, raw in places. Uh, it's very mature. So yeah, I did have this one on CD. And my mum always likes to remind me. I think, she's, I think she's more proud of me for this than anything else I've done in my life. But whenever Sugar Babes are mentioned, she always says... Oh, yeah, you liked them from the off, didn't you? From that first single, as if I was some sort of John Peel character who discovered them from the depths of nowhere, even though, of course, they had a big record label behind them and then everything that goes with it. But just just want to point that out. because My mum would want me to say this. I've been there from day one for them. I'm just thinking about Glastonbury and the Danball tent. Oh, God, that'd be brilliant. Yeah, I'd have Sugar Babes there. Who else would we have there? Well, everyone from Track by Track, really. I don't mean I you Dan and Ball. the uh, and the long gone characters. I mean uh, the bands that we cover. Uh, also, Dan, I think the words Dan Ball and Tent uh, throw up a very different image. That's for track by track later on E4. <laughs> <laughs> so track number five now, and this is. Da, 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 da. Da, 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 Look at me. <laughs> <laughs> Look at 
So look at me, not a cover of the Jerry Hallowell classic, uh, but another stunning song. And this one, I think we've heard a lot of guitar work, but there is some stunning piano in this song. What a great time to, to talk about the fantastic album artwork. And I actually, I love this artwork. It's This is very, of all the Sugar Babes album covers, this is the most iconic, I feel. Definitely. It's it's so something so pure about it actually. So you've got the three ladies, uh Keisha, Mutia and Siobhan, uh, uh with the Sugar Babes logo uh down the right hand side and a lovely flesh tone. Hmm. What is in the bottom right hand corner there, Dan? I think it's a, a a large flower. I don't know if it's real or not though. I thought it might have been a muff or something. A muff or a moth? A muff. Hmm, that that would make them royal ladies, wouldn't it, if they had a, a muff there? Oh, no, a royal lady wouldn't have her fist in a muff, would she? I'm not sure. I think we're not on uh, comfortable territory here. Charity shop, Sue. <laughs> uh, but it's a lovely, I mean, it's a it's a piece of piece of art there, isn't it, that cover? It is. And they look they look so young as well. When they are so young. <clears throat> they, well, they are. But they were, that's what I meant to say. They are on this picture. I have to say, I have to say though, they're they're looking incredible still today. Oh, they really do. Yeah, they they are look stunning. It was great to see them. It was earlier this year, wasn't it, or maybe late last year when they did Flowers and Graham Norton. They looked fantastic. And clearly, clearly, still loving being being out there recording, performing. I just want them to do more. I'm sure they'd want to do more. Yeah, I hope it was true what they said about only kind of not being able to do it this year because of COVID. And I mean, imagine it'll probably be the end of next year now. But they can celebrate the 21st anniversary. Uh, but back to this song then. So it's your album track song, and I do kind of get that. It's very. Um, it's great production, but it's quite laid back as well. It's quite, um, it's quite interesting. It's, it's not got a, a big pop hook, this one, has it? It's very uh, whimsical almost, I suppose you could say. Uh, but I think there's something about the production, and actually, Will, the production of all of the songs on this album. We've talked about how it sounds a bit like early Nautis Garage and stuff like this, but I think there's something very timeless about this album, and arguably more so than any of the albums that followed. It's probably the lack of any hook that why, is why it's lost me a little bit. Yeah. But we, we said about them looking so young on the album cover and spoke before about how the sound is quite mature. But I like on this one that the lyrics are them being young and talking about being young and and singing about how I'm still your little girl, um, which I often say to you, don't I? <laughs> Very good. Uh, and before we move on, Will, it's worth pointing out as well, track five on the album now, and we still only had one single. So this is definitely an a, a, an act who saw themselves as an album band. Yeah, I think we're in for a late flush of singles now, coming starting with this next track. So it's track six, and this is Soul Sounds.
was soul sound, Dan. There's some serious harmonising going on there with us when we were singing along to that track. Yeah, seriously bad. But uh, we did our bit. We tried our best. <laughs> so this is the first of the remainder of the singles from this album. Uh, and this got to number 30 in the singles chart. So didn't set the charts on fire. But I do like it, Dan. I love it. And it was the fourth single as well, wasn't it? So, you know, it was the last single from the album. Usually that will chart a little bit later, won't it? A little bit lower, sorry. How low can you go? How low, low can, can you go? go? How low? Have you ever done a... Cong- no. A limbo? A limbo, probably in the past, but now what with my glass back, I probably couldn't manage it anymore, sadly. Oh, God. And this cold... You go down, you're not getting back up again. <laughs> it has been said. I Yeah, I love this song, but you know what? It wasn't an early favourite for me at all. I think I found it quite... It's, it's a very breezy song, and I think I found it too breezy when I used to listen to the album ahead of it being released as a single, but I think that's what brought it to light for me. And then from then, I've just always loved this kind of really uplifting uh, uplifting melody and then the just the most gorgeous uh, vocals and harmonies on this one. And the... Who was... Uh, who wrote this? So, a trio... Actually, it's worth mentioning that the girls didn't write this one. This is the first of a uh, run of songs where they didn't have a hand in the writing. And this is new to me since doing this episode. I thought they wrote everything. Um, but it's Charlotte Edwards, Sam Harley and Ron Tom. Now, did my research well and I can't find out anything about Charlotte or Sam. But I can tell you that Ron Tom also uh, did some work with The Artful Dodger, uh, who we, we have said before we are going to do their uh their first album, aren't we? Because it's packed full of hits. Uh, also with Terence Trent Darby and photography for Barbara Streisand, apparently. What? If my sources are correct, which <laughs> they're probably not. And it's not Wikipedia. I didn't didn't say it was. So I didn't say it was. Ron Love, Ron Tom, do let us know. Okay, track number seven now. Title track time from the album. And this is One Touch. Crazy. Yeah, the guitar in that song is just stunning. And I think it's quite rare on track by track that we'll really pick out the guitar as one of our favourite parts to a song. But in that, it's just uh, almost made me think of... It's weird, actually. Oh, actually, I know why. I've just worked it out in my head from my own notes uh, like an hour later. It made me think of Red Hot Chili Peppers and it made me think of All Saints. But of course, they did Under the Bridge. So maybe it's giving me those kind of vibes. And this has uh, a great uh, contributor who wrote, co-wrote this track. Uh, Donny, Donny Love. Donny Love, yeah. Yeah, Don E, uh, British soul singer, songwriter, musician and producer. He has released tracks in his own right. But also, uh, interestingly, because a few weeks ago when we spoke about All Saints, we spoke about Stuart Zender. Uh, Donny and Stuart Zender have collaborated. And also, Donny is a regular member of Grace Jones Band. 
And in 2008, he released a track called Natural, which featured the vocals of two-thirds of the Sugar Babes, Keisha and Mutya. Uh, so, yeah, Don E there, along with uh, Ron Tom from the previous track. Uh, but, yeah, it's, uh, again, not, not co-written by the girls, but a, a really stunning song, delivered beautifully by the girls. So, track number eight now. This is Lush Life. <laughs> So that was Lush Life there. Dan, what do you think? I really like this one. This is the third and final song of a trio of tracks not written by the girls. And I think that's quite clear because this one, more than any, I think, has that real uh, trip-hoppy thing going on. Um, And that's maybe because this one was co-written by Carl McIntosh of Loose Ends, um, as well as Ron Tom again. Um, But yeah, I just think once, I said this a few times before, but it's it's very mature and it's just worlds away from what other girl groups were doing at the time. Even Will, we've mentioned uh, them in the same breath as All Saints because they were doing something a little bit uh, different to the norm as well. But much, I think Sugar Wave is doing it much more, really honing in on that uh, mature uh, R&B, hip-hop, pop sound. I also, I mean, I, I really like the sound, the beat to this track. Uh, but I think also a good point in the podcast to talk about Siobhan and to hone in on her uh, specifically uh, because she had a, a brilliant solo career. Yeah, actually, yeah. The, the great point about this album in the Sugar Babes back catalogue is that so far it is the only Sugar Babes album released with Siobhan on it. So, yeah, let's dig into her uh, solo work. And I'd love to give our listeners a little flavour of that um, with a taste of uh, one of my favourite tracks of hers. So here's a little bit from her album Ghosts. And this is the title track, Ghosts. So ghosts there. I love that. Yeah, I think both uh, both of Siobhan's solo albums are fantastic. And as we said, she did one album, Sugar Waves, and then went into her solo career. Um, and it's, it's a long time since she's released anything solo, actually, isn't it? Because, of course, then she went back into uh, Sugar Waves or MKS, as they were then. Um, but at some point in the future, you know, should Sugar Waves carry on or whatever happens, it'd be great to hear more from Siobhan on her own as well and they they have and they have got the sugar babes uh name back haven't they yes they do good for them thank god for that took long enough didn't it Mm. so should we move on to track nine this is the real thing (laughs) 
little thing there and what a lovely track great to have the dance beat back dan yes absolutely will um i love this one this is the same writing team as just let it go so matt row or row what do you think it is matt row or matt row 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 matt row sorry matt is back and i think actually this reminds me a little bit of some of the uh early spice girls album tracks like uh something kind of funny um which matt yeah actually now you say it yeah and yeah, I just like that, like you said, it's kicking it in and it's kicking it into the next gear and the girls are back on writing duties as well. So we've had a bit of a, I'm not going to say a bit of a lull, but a bit of downtime. And now we're working our way back up to the uh, to the album as it's slowly but surely coming towards the end. Well, I know I jokingly rushed through my comment there only because you said you had editing to do. Um, <laughs> but uh, for an episode due out very, very soon now. Uh, but no, I love the, the, the beat uh, and the fact it's, a, it's more upbeat. Uh, I'm always a fan of that. Yeah, it's got, a real, it's got a bit of funk to it as well. The bass is really good in this one. Real funky bass. A chunky, funky bass. Oh, can't beat it. Track number 10 now. Uh, Dan, we're going to have to restrain ourselves from uh, some bad singing for this. Also, we did a countdown on a New Year track uh, three weeks ago. So let's let's not do it again. Track 10, New Year. I'm older than my years Drowning in my tears Surrounded by the fear Since you went away A year ago At Christmas I'm older than my years Us trying to harmonise the word Christmas sounded like two track uh, two sounded like two cats being strangled. It wasn't good. I'm going to blame the fact that we're still uh, recording remotely, but I don't think that has anything to do with it. Actually, <laughs> I love this track. It's gorgeous, isn't it? It really is a stunner. And it's one of those ones I always listen to at Christmas uh, because it's the antidote to some of those real saccharine sweet. Uh, trudged out Christmas songs that we always end up listening to through the festive period. Maybe this year will be different. No, I don't think so. Not for me, anyway. I'll be... <laughs> I'm already banging them out, to be honest, Will. You're already banging banging away to Mariah Carey. But yeah, and I think it's so... Whenever I think about this, I just think it's so odd that Sugar Babes, who were this moody group, bought out a Christmas song as their second single. And it isn't like, as you said, it is a very... Uh, subdued and quite depressing, actually, lyrically, Christmas song. But the fact that they do uh, have... Lyrically. A, lyric, sorry, delayed there. Uh, but the fact that they do have a Christmas song in their arsenal um, is 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 quite strange. But I do remember hearing on the radio, I think it was still in the charts, and it was a few weeks after Christmas, and I think the lyrics were changed to something like At Winter or something like that. It didn't quite have the same ring. At Winter. If you remember that, listeners... <laughs> Do let us know. Let me know I'm not making it up at Track by Track UK. And this got to number 12 in the singles chat. So a you probably call that a modest hit. Uh, interesting, looking at who was involved and who was, who was having a go on what, Paul Sim was on the Wurlitzer, which I believe, Dan, is an organ. Oh, I thought it was a fairground ride. No, that's a waltzer. Oh. Dan, he's a bit, shares similar interests to you. He loves uh, playing on an organ. 
This is one of the songs as well that the girls performed when they got back together this, with this lineup. Uh, and I think, if I'm not mistaken, on YouTube, there is a stunning uh, acoustic version of this. I might have made that up. And if I have, don't worry, because there are some other stunning acoustic versions of uh, Sugar Babes hits. Track 11 now, the penultimate track. This is Promises. Promises you come back to haunt you. Dan, can you remember, question for you, can you remember uh, what was the last promise you made and did you keep it? Oh, God. Um, well, well, I promised you that I would be very truthful uh, and very honest when you uh, bleached your hair for lockdown two. And you didn't hold back, <laughs> did you? I told you it looked lovely, so I did break it, sadly. <laughs> Only joking. Uh, no, I, I don't know. Uh, promises aren't worth the paper they're written on nowadays, are they? And the last promise I made was I promised Dan I will edit the Sugar Babes episode. Oh, is that like happening? I've got some news for you. <laughs> it's still true. Oh. Uh, but what do you think of the track? I like it. I like that we're not, well, so far, and, and we all know how it ends, but it's not petering out. But it is just winding down a little bit. It's, it's still collating some of those influences that have been heard throughout the album. Um, picking up a bit from New Year. Um, but, you know, this, as I've said before, this is our last, um, I suppose, like our last look back album of the year because everything coming up is sort of best of 2020. Uh, we have barely seen peter out this year at all, have we? No, and I don't think it's going to happen on this album because we all know what the last track is. Mm. With that in mind... Oh, worth pointing out, the songwriting team on this one and on New Year, which I forgot to mention, is the same as Overload. So you've got the girls with Cameron McVeigh, Paul Sim, uh, Felix Howard and Jonathan Lipsy. Uh, so we're on to the last track of the album proper and this is wonderful. Run for cover. Is my need to be cover there which is the last track on the album proper dan it's the last track but it's my favorite track it's my favorite track as well and i think potentially see if you agree with me on this one as well favorite sugar babe single ever no because i really enjoyed cooler than the red dress oh actually well mine's not this one it's freak like me but i think it is this one or push push the button or hole in the head neither of those would be a favorite for me but they're still very okay. good. Very, very, very good. But Will, what do you love about this one? Uh, the harmonising, which once again we tried but failed to replicate uh, while the track was playing. Uh, it's very 
Oh, heartbreaking, actually. I just, I, it feels very desolate. Yeah, heartbreaking and very dramatic as well. Um, and I think the drama of this, well, musically, you hear it in the strings um, and, as you said, the, the vocals and the harmonies. But the video, I think, was very dramatic as well, wasn't it? Was it? I can't remember. What, was, what happened? Uh, just lots and lots of drama, Will. I seem to remember lots of streets in the dark and some cars. Um, I, ha- I haven't seen it for years, but I remember seeing it. Weirdly, I remember being on a ferry with my dad. He was, he was a lorry driver and I went with him on a trip and uh and the and was in the bar on the ferry and the video was playing on there and i said i remember like i loved this song straight away and i said to him oh my god listen to this song like don't you think it's just amazing and he just did the like the alan partridge shrug like yeah it's all right was that one of those like booze cruises to stock up on wine and fags to sell in the uk uh actually i think we were taking some uh i oh, know we went to germany and we picked up some uh fromage phrase do you remember frou-frous Oh, uh, yeah, I used to love frou-frous. <laughs> Have you ever seen a frou-frou? It's been a while. Ah. Oh. When we were in the place where they were, I remember the, the manager, the lovely German gentleman, gave me a free box of frou-frous. But yeah, this is it's just a stunning song. But I find, don't you think it's really weird that the third single and a lot of people's favourite song is the last song on the album? Not very often we say that on this podcast, is it? No, and I... I'm really at loggerheads as to whether I think... I don't think it's badly placed, but I don't know if it's the right place for it. What do you think? I I mean, I love the track, but I just don't know if it's a, if it's right to be the final track on the album. Mm. And Will, how did the album do? So, yes, before we get into further listening, let's have a little bit of a precy on the album performance. So the album got to number 26 in the UK album chart, uh, which is a very modest hit, but it was very well received, actually. So it got The Guardian and The Independent gave it four out of five stars and the British uh, pornographic industry uh, uh, certified it as gold. Uh, who was that, Will? The British phonographic industry. Ah. That's the end of the album proper. We've got some further listening. Dan, what are we doing for further listening today? Well, as we, we probably said after the Angels with Dirty Faces episode, we are going to come to all Sugar Babes albums at some point. So even though it's taken us two years to do the next one. Uh, so we're going to stick to this album and this era and what came with the B-sides and the remixes and all that kind of thing. Will, do you want to go first? I'd love to go first, Dan. And this is a wonderful B-side. This is Sugar Babes on the Run. Sugar Babes on the Run, Dan, I'm going to say it quietly, mm. well, reasonably quietly, but I love this track more than probably three or four of the tracks on the album. Uh, I think that's fair, actually. What do you think? I, I think it's great because it's really fun and it's that, you know, self-referencing songs normally are a bit of fun. And these girls were known for being a bit pouty and a bit serious. And we've said, I've said 10,000 times on this episode, how mature they were, particularly because they were, I think they were like 15 or something when they were bringing this stuff out. So it's, it's nice to see the flip side of that. And I think a B side, well, I agree with what you said, but I also, I think a B side is probably the right place for that kind of 
experimentation as well and kind of messing around if you like dan what have you gone for uh so i have gone for another b-side from new year interestingly will actually i'm just looking at uh, um all the b-sides and another bits and bobs on the single and did you know that a new year was covered by uh david jason pam farris and Catherine zeta jones no oh no what? sorry it was what are you talking no, about it was covered by a welsh indie pop band called the darling buds Sorry about that. Oh, not the classic ITV Sunday night drama series, Dining Birds of May, starring David Jason, Pam Ferris and Catherine Zeta-Jones. Easy mistake to make, Will. I'm sure you can uh, back me up there. Uh, so... <laughs> go on, go on. So I have gone for the little lady love about to remix. lady love there uh another great b-side dan really really strong b-side also this is as i said before this is the about to remix i've never heard the studio version of this i don't know if there is a a, a normal version of this song but it was one of those b-sides that just hit me instantly i love this kind of dance edge to their sound um I, i just love i just thought it was a again it could have been on the album and dan the sugar babes all the way through, have had a great line in B-Sides. I mean, I know we touched on it when we did Angels with Filthy Faces, uh, but they've always released some really great... They've always had some great tracks standing by for B-Sides. Yeah, and if not, you know, they'll put on some great covers or things like that as well. They're very generous girls. Very generous girls. We're out of time. Oh. So that was our uh, run-through One Touch by Sugar Babes, uh, debut album from them. Uh, let us know what you think about uh, the Sugar Babes, their debut album, and if you think we'll see them in 2021. By God, I hope we do, Dan. Really, 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 really hope we do. Uh, and girls, if you're listening, let us know if we're going to see you in 2021 at Track by Track UK. And Dan, can you give us a hint of a tease as to who is going to be kicking off our first best album, best of 2020 albums on Track by Track? Absolutely. So we are talking about one of the biggest and best pop groups to come out of the uk who have been going for a couple of decades now and came back this year to save us from the misery of 2020 if that wasn't a big enough hint keep your eye on our socials on friday because we're going to announce it early we are very exciting one coming up uh and also we've got something exciting coming up on saturday as well haven't we dan Yes, we do, Will. On Saturday, we are kicking off. So, yes, there's no new music drop for the rest of the year now. Oh, but we are kicking off our top 40 songs of 2020. And we're doing it proper top 40 Sunday night countdown style over the next four weeks. We're very excited about this, aren't we? It's the first time we've done it. We're super excited. Uh, uh, we're doing, and we're, So we're going to kick off with 40 to 31 this Saturday. So make sure you are subscribed on Apple or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. So until next time, I've been Little Lady Love. And I've been Ron Tom. Goodbye. Bye. We were young and living crazy. We were young and living crazy.
we run for cover. We sat in a dressing gown, chain smoking regals. Oh, like Joe from S Club 7 in that Slurge Big Brother meme. <laughs> I'm not stroking myself while we're recording, just to be quite clear.